Lenny Kravitz, a little extra time with that bump song, Darren. A nice selection. March Madness is on our mind. The Carolina Hurricanes are oh so close to clinching it. An NHL playoff bid. More on those stories. Rob Gronkowski's retirement from the NFL, one of the best tight ends in the history of that sport. Three-time Super Bowl champion. Not even 30 years old yet. He did announce that retirement. It's a best of the weekend for some. More on celebration than saying goodbye to Gronk. Most receiving touchdowns since the year 2010 in the NFL. That happens to be Gronkowski's rookie year with the New England Patriots. Gronk is the answer. Not Antonio Brown, not Des Bryant, not any of the other wide receivers, not any of the other great pass-catching tight ends, Jimmy Graham or otherwise. Gronk is number one. Most receiving TDs since 2010. 79 for Gronk. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer when that time, when the rules allow that to happen years from now. More on those stories with more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. Kevin Harlan, voice of March Madness, live in 30 minutes. Fran Dunphy, the stepping away from college hoops coaching legend from the Temple Owls and the Penn Quakers. He won this year's Dean Smith Award. Remember, Tom Izzo of Michigan State joined us here on the statewide David Glenn Show in part last year because he not only had another good basketball team, but he won that Dean Smith Award from the United States Basketball Writers Association. It's always the recipient a classy person on and off the court, accomplished in both areas. Look forward to Fran Dunphy's visit later today, just as we appreciated Tom Izzo dropping by for a similar reason a year ago at this time. Our next guest, as promised, is both our bracket analyst of the day from the coaching profession, but also a guy who is trying to lead his team to a different kind of prominence. The Wolfpack of NC State is actually one win away from a trip to Madison Square Garden for the NIT Final Four. And how about this? Coach Keats probably knows this as we welcome Kevin Keats, the second-year head coach of the Wolfpack. The last time NC State won 25 games or more, I'm not kidding now, was 1983 when Jim Valvano took the cardiac pack to the national championship, the whole survive and advance thing. Coach Keats has the pack at 24 wins and counting. Coach, welcome back. How are you? DG, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, if road victories equal ice cream for your players, what do they get for an NIT championship if they can pull that off? Well, DG, you know I'm not going to say that because I'm very <laughs> superstitious. Yeah. And, um, we're we're going to just concentrate on the next opponent. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited. Our, our guys, um, obviously, after getting not being selected in March Madness, we were disappointed and we – quickly had to uh, redirect our focus and uh, I've got to give the guys on my team a lot of credit um, because it was tough and you know they've come out and played two great games at home and uh, unbelievable um, arena and Reynolds Coliseum and uh, it's been great and our, our fans have been great and we've embraced it and uh, 
I like the way my team's playing right now. Kevin Keats joining us on the David Glenn Show. He, remember, went to three straight NCAA tournaments, two as the head coach of the UNC Wilmington Seahawks, and then last year in his first season as the head coach of the Wolfpack. Six years ago, Coach Keats was part of that national championship team at Louisville uh, working for Rick Pitino. So you mentioned it there, the disappointment of Selection Sunday. You know, some teams are watching TV wondering where they're going uh, because they know they're in. You knew you were on the bubble how did you get your guys to kind of turn the page mentally? Because you don't beat Hofstra and Harvard and have this chance at uh, Madison Square Garden unless you got over those emotions pretty quickly. Well, it was tough. Um, you know, we, we, we actually didn't get together as a group. Uh, we had finished practice, and uh, we were all in our practice facility, and we were spread out. And, you know, we had on about 10 different TVs, and guys were watching. And, you know, we got to that last bracket. Um, and I didn't feel good about it. I just I said, man, we're not getting in. And, you know, shortly after our name wasn't called, I'd huddle up all the guys. And, you know, I, I had a bunch of blank looks back at me because they didn't understand, um, you know, what the NCAA, the committee had talked about a lot throughout the year was um, there were, there were going to be a lot of emphasis on the net, yeah. um, not that it was going to be the main tool. And at that time, we were 32 in the net or uh, 33, and, uh, you know, it, it's hard telling your, you know, your team and almost like your, your kids that, you know, they did everything that we thought that the committee was looking for and you're not going to be able to get into the tournament. And so it was a tough day. Um, you, know, you know, I didn't know how they would respond. And um, I thought they came out and handled like professionals the next day in practice because we had a short turnaround before we played on Tuesday against Hofstra. Credit to your guys, credit to the fans as well. Wolfpack Nation filling Reynolds Coliseum, a place I loved covering games when I started uh, back in the late 1980s. Kevin Keats is joining us. You can follow Coach on Twitter, at Coach Keats NCSU. Uh, the pack hosts Lipscomb. That's this Wednesday night at Reynolds with a trip to Madison Square Garden for the winner of that matchup. Um, Coach, how did you handle the disappointment? I mean, three in a row, and, and you have a national championship ring from your time at Louisville. Everybody asks you the question about your players. Uh, how, how did you handle it? Well, it, it was tough, um, but, but I, I, I had to be strong for our team. Um, I, I really, you know, when it comes down to this, um, I, I try not to make it about me. I, I was more really disappointed for those guys, th those players who had competed and you know, I thought we had a really good year, obviously winning two, 22 games in the, in the entire season and going 9-9 nine and nine in our conference. I want you to think about this. Um, you know, our league had uh, three number one teams, yes. um, and we played them five times. And the thing that was frustrating, I said anybody in the field, if they would have played those three teams five times, the best you probably were going to get was possibly one and four. Yeah. Um, and then when you look in the Sweet 16, uh, our league is doing such a great job. And we've got five teams playing in the Sweet 16. Uh, we're fortunate to still be playing in the NIT. And so, you know, for us to be playing this late in the season, I'm happy with it. But it was tough because I felt for our guys, especially guys like Torin Dorn, who had been in the program as a senior that wanted to get another chance to play in the NCAA. By the way, Coach, I'm sure some of your colleagues reached out to you directly. But just on our show, I can think of five different ACC coaches. Uh, it'd be one thing if I asked them a question about your resume. In most cases, they just volunteered, hey, DG, I want your statewide audience to know that I thought Kevin Keats' Wolfpack 
was in the big dance. I, I remember Jim Christian said it from Boston College. I remember Jeff Capel of Pitt said it when he stopped by. I think Brad Brownell of Clemson said it. I mean, he was another guy near the bubble, and he described you as even more deserving. So it was pretty cool to hear that from some of your colleagues. I'm sure it doesn't make it all feel better, but uh, it's nice to see that they kind of went to bat for you along those lines. You mentioned Duke and UVA and UNC, those number one overall seeds. Uh, it's, this game is crazy, Coach. Duke almost got eliminated yesterday. When you think of Coach K's team, you know, the two superstars in Zion and RJ, but it's a little hard to predict what the Devils are going to get beyond those two. Or maybe Roy Williams' Carolina team or Tony Bennett's UVA team where it feels like he, they have confidence in, like, their top seven, eight, or nine guys. It, is there one that you would put your money on to go the, the furthest? Do you choose the talent over the depth or, the, or, or something else as, as maybe you put, you know, your bracket up on the Keats family refrigerator? No, you know what? It's um, and people don't people don't think about this as much. Um, I, I think all of those, all three of those teams are very capable of cutting the nets down. Um, but it's a, it's a game of matchups, um, and, and when you look at matchups, um, it comes down to the opponent that you're playing. You know, Duke could play a team um, and, and and beat them a little bit, you know, more than Virginia because of the matchup, or vice versa. And so a lot of that, all three of those guys are elite. I mean, when I say elite, you know, I I played them, you know, obviously those guys, and, and I think all three of them can cut the nets down. But it will come down to who they match up against. Um, and it's a one-game situation. You don't have a lot of room for error. It's not, you know, you make a mistake or you miss some free throws or you have a bad shooting night or defensively you're just not there, then you're going home. And, and that's what people don't understand when you get to this level. Anybody in that tournament can beat you on any given night. Um, those 16 teams that are left are all capable of winning. And you just obviously got to have the right balance between how much rest the guys get, how much you do in scouting, and then you know, mentally and physically are they prepared to play. And that's what it comes down to. Kevin Keats joining us on the David Glenn Show. Those five ACC teams you mentioned in the Sweet 16, that is the most of any conference again this year. Uh, of course, in one case, it's two teams you know really well because they're playing each other and they're from your league. Uh, when you think of these matchups, the word you chose, Duke-Virginia Tech, or Florida State has to deal with Gonzaga, or UVA gets Oregon, maybe a team you don't know quite as well, Carolina gets Auburn, the SEC champion. Is there a matchup that jumps out at you, you know, through your coach's eyes as, you know, favorable or unfavorable or something, you know, that, that's uh, uh, good or bad for either side? Well, I, I would say, you know, the the Duke and Virginia Tech matchup will probably be the most intriguing matchup because, um, you know, they, they're familiar with each other. Um, a lot of times when you're playing teams that you played and, um, you know, you know the other team, you know the other personnel. Uh, obviously, from a talent standpoint, um, Duke is far more talented, but Virginia Tech can, can um, you know, obviously does some things that can cause some problems. They spread you out. They're small. They're unconventional. They can shoot the basketball. And they've had some success in the last couple of years playing against Duke. And so that, that matchup right there alone, just because um, you're familiar with them and played them for you know several years, I think that's the most intriguing one for me. Had you heard the 25-win number I mentioned as we were introducing you? Wolfpack has not gotten to 25 
since Jimmy V in 1983, and that was, of course, is a special season remembered by everybody forever. Uh, is that new news to you, or is that something you, you'd mention to the players as you host Lipscomb on Wednesday with that Madison Square Garden bid up for grabs? Yeah, I, I think I heard that this morning, and um, I'm not prepared to, to mention that to the to the players. I mean, that, that 83 team was such a special team, and um, obviously eventually went on and cut the Nets down. Um, and, you know, just it's an honor to be mentioned uh, with 25 wins if you can get there, but certainly we're not the 83 team, um, and we know that. And, you know, my guys, DG, they couldn't be able to handle it. If I put any of that <laughs> stuff in front of them, then it would spook them more than it would help them. <laughs> Most of the coaches we've had as guests this month uh, say that they, of course, stay away from, you know, the gambling aspect of, of uh, March Madness and the brackets, but some of them have bragging rights brackets like on their refrigerator in their kitchen at home. Did, did, did you even mentally make Final Four picks or a national championship pick even as you're trying to win the NIT? I did not because, um, n- number one, I had to turn my attention to the other bracket, obviously, which was the NIT. And um, uh, I will say my, my, my two sons have filled out brackets. Um, and that's a great question because I'm going to check and see who's winning right now. Um, you know, th- th- those guys will talk trash. But I left it alone. Um, you know, my, my concentration uh, automatically went to the NIT bracket and, and obviously our next game, which was Hoster at the time. Well, you're doing something right because you beat Hofstra. You beat a good Harvard team as well. Uh, Good luck against Lipscomb. I'm not surprised that you had to block that out. I'm shocked that your sons would not bother their dad, basketball expert, for advice on their brackets as they wanted to beat each other. They left you alone? Well, as all sons of coaches, they all think they know more than their father. So <laughs> you, you should know that by now. And, look, and, and my youngest son, who's 10 years old, I'm not sure that he didn't fill out like three or four different brackets uh-huh. and, and kind of switch play those, switch a rule with me at times. See, I have a 19-year-old son, Coach, but he can say, uh, my dad's just a sports radio. He just he just created his own sports website and magazine and does his own radio show. If you say my dad's a national championship winning coach, my dad just took went to three straight NCAA tournaments. Man, even they think they know more than their dad. That's That might be the most fascinating tidbit you gave us today for our statewide listening audience. Even if you're a great coach, your son won't listen to you, even in your greatest area of expertise. Man, that's a pearl of, of life lesson style wisdom from you, Coach. I thank you for well, that, as I wish you well against Lipscomb. Well, well DJ, you know this. Um, sometimes um, your, your children, you can tell them, the same thing a hundred times, and then some stranger will come up and say, hey, you know, do it this way. And you'd be like, I've been telling this kid this for years and he didn't do it. So now you, you now you realize that um, I appreciate the good luck. Uh, our, our guys are excited. We're, we're playing against a great Lipscomb team uh, who is playing very good basketball. Obviously, all you have to do is look back at the UNCG game and, you know, how effective those guys were. They're, they're good. They score a lot of points. They spread you out. Um, it, it'll, it's another great opportunity for us uh, Wednesday, but uh, uh, it's a you know a really tough team that we're playing against. One other real quick thing: when I was growing up, Madison Square Garden was like the holy grail of basketball venues, and it still has a, a mystique to it. Do, do 17 to 22 year olds like know of that, care about that, think about that? You got to beat Lipskin to have that dream come true. But is Madison Square Garden still like a magical place in young people's eyes? 
Yeah, I think some of them. Um, I think the more the, the lure for those guys is um, obviously being able to advance and, you know, not so much Madison Square Garden because people like you and I, we respect it. We know how electric yeah. that building is. We know the legend, how legendary it is. Uh, I think more for them is having the opportunity to go to New York yeah. more than where they're playing at. Yeah, and they'd love playing ball. The only way to keep playing is to beat Lipscomb on Wednesday. Uh, Wolfpack Nation, fill the house again. It's been a really fun environment as the pack eliminated Hofstra and Harvard. Lipscomb on Wednesday night. Coach Keats, thank you as, as always very much for your time on the David Glenn Show. DG, thanks, buddy. You got it. Right back at you. Kevin Keats on Twitter, at Coach Keats NCSU.